right, we're starting at verse 38. This is at the home of Martha and Mary, a very, very famous, famous um, happening in the Bible. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Mary was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. This from our cherished holy scriptures. Thanks be to God. Anybody resonate with Jesus's observation of Martha? You are worried and upset about many things. I know, I know I do, but to be fair, what would it be like to have Jesus come into your home. He's in town, he's in Redlands, passing through. You extend the invitation, he says yes, he comes with his disciples. What do you do to get ready? What needs to be done in the house? What, do you, what sort of food do you prepare for Jesus? I mean, Let's be honest, this is a stressful moment. If you think seriously about what it would be like to have such an honored person come into your home, I can understand why she was stressful. I mean, we believe in grace, but we don't want to waste it on shelves that need dusting, you know? We want to save it for the big stuff. What kind of things would we be doing to get ready for Jesus? And, as I look around my house and its readiness, I think, ah, there's a lot that I'd want to get done. And that's how we find Martha. She is busy getting ready for Jesus. And Jesus is there, so she's, getting, she's busy hosting Jesus. They've come into her home. Presumably, there's probably, what would you think, 13 of them, Jesus, his 12 disciples. Their brother Lazarus is probably there. Mary, her sister, is there. And here come these tired, thirsty men, their hair disheveled in need of oil, their feet dirty in need of washing, places brought out late, blankets laid on the ground for them to recline on, food, water, more food, on and on it goes. She invites them into their home, a desire, a cultural sign, as in all cultures, have an invitation into your home as a way of showing friendship, intimacy, connection. It's a sign of support. Jesus, I want to support you in your ministry. You don't have a house. You don't have a steady income. I would love to, for you to honor to honor you by coming into my house. You know, maybe Mary and Martha and Lazarus, they've heard these rumors of Jesus, this rabbi who is going around with a new teaching, a new interpretation, God's law, 
coming to life, having the power of God in his hands to heal, to make the blind see, to heal lepers. Ultimately, eventually, their brother Lazarus, healed and delivered from death by Jesus' hand. Um, as he has gone from village to village, as Pastor Trey last week quoted, saying that wherever Jesus is, he leaves behind him a wake of joy. They hear of this joy. And then Jesus comes to their town. Martha invites them into her home and then begins to be consumed with everything that needs to be done. And as she's working, as she's sweeping and bringing out food, and every time she comes in, there's Mary on the floor listening to Jesus. And maybe she starts with some subtle, some might say passive-aggressive hints of, <laughs> I'm going to have to make another trip to get some more water. Mary's enraptured in Jesus. I'm going to, we need some more oil for hair. We need some more oil for the bread. We're out of bread. And Mary is just sitting there and she gets more and more frustrated at Mary, her sister. Why do you think she's frustrated at Mary? She has a brother. You know, Lazarus isn't mentioned, but why isn't she frustrated at Lazarus? Do you think this has something to do with the fact that she's a woman? I know, I know. I'm aware of where the minds are, ladies and gentlemen. That's why, I that's why I posed it as a question. Did you hear me? Do, do you think this has to do with, with gender roles that, that Martha has bought into? And do you think that Jesus' invitation to Martha to join Mary on the floor with Mary was more significant than we might realize reading this story 2,000 years later? That at the core of the story is an invitation of somebody who just thought being busy was what you're supposed to be doing, to sit on the floor and join him as her disciple. How'd I do? Did I step on any landmines? <laughs> I know that, there, that she felt limited, probably, to be fair, probably as a woman. She did not feel the invitation to sit at Jesus' feet. And there's Mary, the one who should be helping, she knows her cultural role. Come help. Come get some bread. We can't, our role isn't to sit and to listen to Jesus. The, that's what these 12 are for. We're, our job is to serve them. Whatever she's feeling, wherever she learned it, however it got reinforced to her, it did not come from Jesus. What comes from Jesus is an invitation to come to sit at his feet, to listen, to let go of what we might call the domestic tasks for now, and just simply sit at the feet of Jesus. That Jesus sees her as a person, somebody that he loves, somebody he's gonna observe about her, that she is worried and upset. And his invitation to her starts with him seeing her. Something that she was concerned about. Nobody sees me. Nobody sees how busy I am. Nobody sees that I need help around here. And Jesus does see it. 
and invites her to come to sit next to Mary and to listen and to join the disciples as Jesus speaks with them. Jesus looks at Martha and says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Jesus sees Martha. Jesus observes that she is worried and upset. She is worried about all there is to do and upset because nobody is helping her. She is serving and seems to be invisible to everyone in the room but Jesus. She looks around at all that needs to be done, all the clutter, all the food, all the water and wine, whatever is surrounding hosting Jesus. And Jesus is saying to Martha, I didn't come into your home to be served by you. I've come to serve you. Sit at my feet. Listen. Let me enjoy you as a person. Mary is just sitting there like a guest, like a disciple and not a host. And what Jesus does is says, Martha, what Mary's doing and enjoying, I would love for you to join us. I'd love for your input. What I have to say, it's important that you hear it too. I'm inviting you, Martha, to come, not as a worker bee, not as a frantic running around, getting anything right. I'm inviting you to sit and be my disciple. I'm sure, because Martha is probably just like you and me. Looking back and thinking, I had Jesus sitting right there on the floor. He was here. He wanted me to get, he wanted to give me his full attention. And I was so busy, I would have missed him had he not said something and invited me to join him. Notice, Jesus is not pointing out her busyness. He's not shaming her, criticizing her. You know, it's, I'm in the mouth full disclosure, part of, I don't know if you've ever tried to, well, let me just tell you an example from, I don't know, last night. I was helping my daughter with her homework. Uh, she's at Crafton. She's taking statistics. I am a former math teacher, so I was helping her, but I was frustrated because I could not figure out the difference between uh, stratified data and whatever the other kind was. And there was a noise in there, and I was saying, I'm trying to help. Can you just go in the other room? Like that, I just want to say, that's not Jesus's energy. He's not frustrated. Like, Martha, would you just sit down? You know, I keep forgetting my point. You're distracting me. No, he sees her as a person and says, and observes about her, not her busyness, not that she's distracting him, not that she's trying to do something. Can you go in the other room and do that, Martha? What she's saying is, Martha, you are worried and angry. He observes not her busyness, but the toll the busyness is taking on her. He doesn't shame her for being busy, but lovingly points out the effect and the toll it is taking on her. He's seeing how worried 
she is and how upset she has become. She's observing the toll this is taking on her. Her joy of welcoming Jesus into her home has been replaced by anxiety and anger. And what Jesus is doing is saying, I see those things, and I'm inviting you into a space to put those things down and sit at my feet. She is lost in a fury of activity when Sabbath rest has come into her home and invited her to sit and enjoy rest. There's a saying among leadership gurus. It goes like this. Do not let the urgent crowd out the important. You ever heard that before? Don't let the urgent day-to-day tasks, the emails, the meetings, the things that just feel like they need to be done right now. We need to get those TPS reports in right now. And he says that what leadership gurus say is the urgency of the day can crowd out what is ultimately most important. And in leadership, you can find that you are somebody that is always putting out fires rather than leading an organization forward. And I think this, I'm sure, has some great business applications, but I think for us as people, how often do we let the urgent crowd out the important? How much do we look back weeks, months, even years back and say, I was so consumed with the urgent that I lost what was most important. A lot of times that's our relationship with our kids, our spouse, friendships, even the simple act of, how many of you lament that you didn't take more vacations in your life? That you were so filled with a sense of importance, I need to be there, if I step away, everything collapses, instead of saying, you know what? What's this all for if I don't get rest? What's this not all for if I don't have a connection? What's this all for if I can't sit at the feet of Jesus and be in his presence? Don't let your busyness rob you of what's most important. Stop preparing for my arrival. I'm already here. Sit and find rest. I want to pause here and take this seriously. Notice how Martha's busyness cuts her out of community. It directs anger and frustration at those who are not helping the way she thinks they should. She's full of anxiety of getting things ready when Jesus is right here. What's happening internally with her busyness, the fruit of that is anxiety and anger. And what this passage reminds me of is to examine and scrutinize my own anxiety and my own frustrations and ask the question, have I forgotten what it's all for? Have I been so busy doing the work of God that I miss God when he's right in front of me? Jesus never criticizes her activities. Doing what she was doing was not inherently sinful. But the effect of being consumed by what she had to do, isolated her and pulled her away from the community. And what Jesus does is reintegrates her back into her own house and says, come and be 
connected. Your busyness is pulling you away from the people in this home. Sit down at my feet. And what Jesus does really is a picture of what church can look like. People sitting at the feet of Jesus. People putting aside their busyness, their weariness, their anxiety, and coming together at the feet of Jesus. Stop all your working and striving and rest. Rest as a holy activity. Rest as a sacred duty. Sabbath as a reminder, a space, a boundary in our lives where we put all the busyness aside and learn to sit at the feet of Jesus. Rest as an activity of trust and surrender, of falling into love and to grace, of connection and community. As we were reminded by Pastor Trey's just fantastic sermon last week, you don't need to swim and constantly be fighting the water to float. Eagles don't need to constantly be straining against the wind to fly. At some point, they can stretch out their wings and glide. And what Jesus is saying to Martha is, stop swimming, stop flapping, sit at my feet. Martha, Martha, you are so upset and so full of worry about so many things, but only one thing matters. Put it down. Find your rest in me. Join the community all around me listening to my teaching. So if it's true that Jesus is directing us towards the one thing that is necessary, why why is it so much easier to be busy? Why is work, effort so much more natural to us than resting and abiding. You know, when I originally picked a passage for this, this Sunday, I was going to pick this little obscure passage out of Acts 1. And so you have in, in Acts 1, you have Jesus telling his disciples, wait for the helper. Go to Jerusalem, wait for the helper. And then he ascends into heaven, uh, ascends into heaven as king, and they just start standing there and the angels are like, get, go, 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 you know, go back. Stop staring at this guy. Go, go do what you're supposed to do. And then eventually the helper comes and, and it's Pentecost and the helper comes and they can speak languages they've never learned and they're empowered to share the good news. And it's a sign of what's to come, of the good news transcending time and space and culture and language and, and God coming uh, to every corner of our globe, um, which I guess globes don't have corners. So every area of our globe. But in between, there's one little story of the apostles gathered, they're in a home, they're praying, they're singing, they're doing what they're supposed to do. And then somebody says, we should replace Judas. And so they select two people and they cast lots and this guy, Matthias, who I'm sure is a wonderful person, but you never hear his name again in all of scripture. And it seems as a reminder in, in the beginning of Acts, is they were told to wait, and they had a committee meeting. And in that committee meeting, they made a decision, and that decision was contrary to what they were told to do, which is 
to wait. And I love holding those two stories together. The busyness of Martha and the busyness of a church. When we're both invited together as a community to sit, to rest, to be, to abide, all the urgency, it's important, it's good. We don't interpret that story as I fully believe as a congregational church in committee meetings. That's how we do the work of church here. That's, so don't, don't hear me saying that other than the point of those committee meetings, ultimately every committee meeting is to bring us at the feet of Jesus, to sit, to learn from him. And what's provoked in me in studying both these passages is, am I so busy doing the work of God that I miss God? Am I so busy doing the things I just think I'm supposed to be doing that I miss the opportunity to sit with Jesus, that I can get so worried and so upset that I need to hear Jesus saying, John, John, you are so worried and upset. But only one thing is required. Sit at my feet and be with me, for I am the only thing that's necessary. Of all the urgency that drives your life, you are losing what is most important. Stop worrying and trying to fill the church with people that aren't there, but instead learn to love the people that are. Learn to love the church, the people that I've brought to you. Lead my people in an anxious age to find rest in me. So when Jesus says only one thing is required, what do you think that one thing is? I think Pastor Trey gave us a word for it last week. Abide. Be connected. Float. There are many things that are urgent, but only one thing important. Abide in me. Interrogate why we are so busy. Think deeply about the effects the busyness that busyness has on us. And learn to place yourself as Martha in this passage, to let Jesus see you in your busyness, to imagine him there as you are anxious in the car running late, as always. I'm, I'm only gonna give personal examples, so I'm not thinking of any of you, I'm only gonna give personal examples from my own life. That the anxiety, the, the frustration that pops up with kids, and just to let Jesus interrogate why I'm anxious and angry with parenting, all that work has for us, busy and frank, frank, frantic, to hear Jesus say, John, John, you are so worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Come, sit at my feet, learn from me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In me, you will find rest for your souls. Just like Jesus saw Martha, he sees you. He sees you in your busyness, your anxiety, 
your frustrations. He sees you in that and says, come learn from me. Sit on my feet, re-engage with the community. Get plugged in, be connected. For I invite you to put your burden down and find your rest in me. Let me pray that we may move, may move that, not just as individuals, but together as a worshiping community. Father, we thank you for the challenge in these words and we confess that we find in ourselves the same thing Martha found in herself. Forgive us for all the ways our urgency and busyness have isolated us from one another, have caused within us anxiety and frustration. And may we learn, just as you invited Martha, to sit at your feet, to be part of a community centered on the teachings of your son, Jesus Christ, that we may grow together and we may learn the secret of the easy yoke. For Jesus has promised us that his burden is easy and his yoke is light. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.